Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. <coughs> so, Jordan. Don't cry. It's going to be okay. Is it? You know what? I realized sometime around today-ish, it's going to be all right. Is it? Is Would it you though? rather be a huge disappointment sometimes or like be Nebraska and be a huge disappointment all the time? Oh, is this what we're going to do to make ourselves feel good? At least, we, I think, at least we're not I just those think guys. We I think that's all I have left. Oh man, it was so bad. It was so it, bad, man. It's very, it's very infuriating. Infuriating, very difficult to watch. And I could tell. I mean, it was just obvious. Like obviously from the beginning. Oh, threw a pick. Yeah, I mean, we were actually kind of rolling through the first drive. We were looking good. A nice little pass. So I have to throw out a stat because today's going to be really stat heavy. For me. Okay. okay. I'm actually going to present arguments uh, later in this pod that are serious, like for real. A, the serious Brandon's coming out for five seconds, and the logical, not opinionated Brandon is coming out for five seconds. Uh, here's a fun fact. Let's just a little, little uh, preview into what it's going to be like. Do you know Keegan Johnson is our second leading receiver with eight catches? Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Did I say eight? Did I say eight? Did I say eight, Jordan? I'm at six. I can't. Keegan Johnson has the second most yards among Iowa receivers, 187. He's caught six passes. I'm not ready to talk about that. We're not. You know what we are ready to talk about? You went to a football game that was not Iowa-Purdue. Yeah. I had an interesting little trip. And this is the bright spot of the weekend, even though there was some surprising things like I think it's best if we just keep our minds out of Kinnick stadium because we can break down all we want and we're going to a little bit, but it just hurts your heart. You know? I know. Yeah. It hurts your heart. Honestly, I feel like the fans really weren't even into that game like from the start. So it was homecoming for y'all. Don't trap trap a perfect trap, trap. game. You trap. know what? You know what college kids do in trap. homecoming? No. Drink a whole lot of water. Yeah. Yep. They drink a whole and they thought we 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 got a little bye week coming up. And they were just clearly not even remotely prepared for this football game. But like I said, we're gonna get to Iowa Purdue in a moment. Jordan, you went to a football game that was not Iowa Purdue. So yeah, drove my uh, happy buttonville, Arkansas. It's a good like six-ish hours, so no that further. That feels than weird, though. That feels I weird. I know. I was surprised too. So, this was just the whole idea behind this trip is let's just see what happens in the SEC. And I know this is in Alabama. I understand that. Let's go down and see a little pageantry, and we did that. Probably the biggest takeaways is that the people they, they that play are, Auburn, by the way, Arkansas played yeah, playing Auburn. Auburn. Yep, and and lost. People think that they're doing it more and better than everyone else. I I talked to it like some people, especially like in the really like diehard tailgating areas, they think they're going above and beyond what's normal for football. But it is something that like you see a hundred times at Kinnick. I'll tell you that. Like the from a tailgating perspective, nothing crazy. Some like, oh, I've got a kitchen in my trailer, or you know, I have a tailor or a trailer that's painted, or ooh, I drove drove an RV down. Like, yeah, been there, done that, seen it. Yeah, I feel like in my brain, when I think SEC football, I think of like almost the mecca, and I know that's kind of unfair. I, I would say that the passion for the Big Ten is pretty strong. It's It competes with the SEC, but just in my own warped brain, I think the SEC would do it maybe like one step higher. If it's like a 9 for Iowa, or for the Big Ten, it's a 9.5-10 for SEC. Or if it's a 9.5 for the Big Ten, it's a 10 for the SEC. But that wasn't true. 
I I didn't feel it was that way. And this is a big game for them. It they're ranked they were ranked 17 going into this game. I mean, it's a it's conference game. Really important that they win it. I didn't feel the difference, the what you would perceive. So that was that was interesting. I did talk to an Auburn fan because we tailgated next to one of them about their the only thing they would talk about is Alabama, which I thought was hilarious because Auburn's like the you know ugly stepsister. I know it's like it's like the little brother, even and though they're like a powerful, amazing school. He brought up something that was really interesting to me, and I didn't really understand this dynamic. So if we're just looking to like get into the SEC as a whole, he discussed kind of how like Alabama um, has the only like law school in in the state of Alabama and Auburn used to, and they bought it out or something along those lines. So there's kind of like this class divide between Auburn and oh, Alabama. Weird. Like, Alabama is like the white collar um, hoity toities and Auburn's like more blue collar fans. So there's like a class divide and that's, he described it as like an actual hatred, which like I, I think is ridiculous, it's but football, like, give it a break. Like relax. But I mean, he was dead serious. Like his example is like if he he and his wife were walking down the street and a store is showing the uh, uh, crimson and in, in white, he will cross the street. Oh, brother. So Jay, I was like, relax. When, when he said that, I was like, okay, I've had enough of that rivalry. But it, so he, this guy who's obviously like an Auburn fan that's driving to Arkansas, big football guy. He's like, oh, the pageantry here in Fayetteville is just amazing. You have to walk through all the tailgating. It's nuts. I walked through. I'm like, okay. Drunk people. Been there, done that. The only dogs. thing I will say that is unique, and I know this is an SEC thing or a Southern thing, is that like students will wear suits. Male students will wear suits. Okay, that's kind of funny. Uh, and females in better weather will wear like sundresses. They almost treat it like the Kentucky Derby. Oh, cool. That's at least something So that's cool. that's really cool and unique. But the fans, the the casual fans, that's not happening. Uh, I was sitting pretty high up because it was Auburn or Arkansas Auburn. You know, you're not. It's not a game I was really that interested yeah, in from a football pay perspective. Top dollar to get in the. So I was sitting quite pretty high up. I do not know whether it was the acoustics of the stadium, or it was just how it always is but it was the quietest football game i've ever been to i can say that easily the quietest football game i have ever been to that might there were fans most shocking thing i've ever heard and i mean granted i am sitting in the nosebleeds but there were fans like they would first of all i sat down the entire game and i was in the auburn i was in the uh arkansas the home side i sat down the entire game when i went to kennick when I went to Kenneth against Indiana, I didn't sit down one time. Whoa. So no, there was no standing. Very rarely were they standing. They would only cheer on defensive third downs. And normally it was prompted by the, you know, audio come through stadium, like m- playing some kind of like music or something to get them pumped up. It was incredible to see, like if, I, if Iowa was ranked 17th on a normal year, like fans are going to be filling out that stadium. Oh, sold out. Absolutely sold out. Fun, wave, excitement, yelling. I remember I went to a Iowa hockey game two years ago for my sister's uh wedding reception. They had like it was a cool, like they did a hockey game. Um for like their not reception, but like their uh bridal shower or whatever, you know, like the before. Um and it was like drunk, fun. Standing hot, loud, all time. And it was against like who cares? Yeah, this this was this was not like that. It was very mild. There's maybe just a couple people that really seemed engaged in, in what was going on in the game. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's it's tough. If I was like let's for example, let's say Auburn. If we were at an Auburn game, like Auburn's down right now, so I could kind of understand. Like, oh, you know, they're not national championship contenders. Like, but Arkansas hasn't that it's it's Arkansas. They don't they're good. They're a little less than Iowa 
equivalency. They're a little yeah. less. They have, but when they're good, they have like Darren McFadden. Like they're like really. But good. they're not like perennial contenders. No, no. for playoffs. Very similar so, to Iowa. The the stadium was not full. I was going to ask you, how's the quality of the stadium? What was the stadium like? That's always a big the, fun thing for me. So the stadium, first of all, like the capacity of the stadium was not full. It was not a sellout. That's and this so is number gross. 17 against Auburn, not a sellout. A big name uh, quarterback whole, for Auburn. Like, what are you doing? The whole uh, end zones were almost all empty. Ew. Very surprising. Granted, there's not a whole lot of seats on the end zones. I mean, um, like, it was a good game. Like, came down kind of to the wire. The stadium is very, very old. The concourse is very old. Uh, there's no, like, electronic signage, anything like that. It's... There's not a lot of money. This one being of my least favorite stadium. things about Kinnick is like the in the guts of Kinnick are really old. Horrible. They're this old. this was this was more spacious than that, and it holds okay. about six thousand more people than Kinnick. Okay. Did it feel it like was, it did though? It was a very high stadium, but it was not a bowl. It was only primarily two sided, um, so it really didn't feel like if you've ever been to Lambo, like that thing's just so tucked in, it feels really intense. Yeah. Um, or the big house, like yeah, this was not like that. So, the other thing, yeah, it was it was it was old, um, very tall, five stories. So five, the sections went five tall. I always liked layers. That's why, I like the uh, was it south end zone or north end zone? I don't care for Iowa, whatever end zone, east end zone, west, whatever. With the the new end zone that they have, I like I like the layers, like the swamp. I always thought looked super cool because it's really a layered stadium. Unlike like the big house, which is just like a giant sweeping bowl, or like even Knoxville, kind of a sweeping bowl. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really not what I felt like here, just because it was so two sided. You almost sound disappointed. Am I wrong? Are you disappointed? I was. I wouldn't say I was disappointed because I felt like I got out of it what I wanted. Like I wanted to see what it was like. SEC football. The the pageantry was definitely cool, but campus. Did you go on the campus at all? We walked around a little bit. The campus is really nice. I will say there's one thing that I really, really liked. Um, the fraternities are pretty much lined up on the backside of the stadium. Okay. And they were like, first of all, all the, the fraternities are like wearing suits. But they're like playing music. One of them had like a live band in the post game. Oh, sweet. That was really cool. The students, I really like what the students brought to it. Okay. Uh, but more than I've ever seen at any. Do you happen to game. know if the suits were the one-time game? Would like they only do that against Auburn? From or from it... what I understand, this is like a, a weekly. Okay, so that's just what you weekly. do at Arkansas. Yep. Okay, so that's cool, but like weird. And I've been to a couple away games, and not just Iowa. I went to Arizona USC. Okay, this is when like USC was kind of good, and Arizona wasn't absolute a dumpster fire. Uh, like in 2013, I went so a long time ago, Arizona, USC, Marquise Lee, who ended up being a very below average pro. I think he's still mm-hmm. in the NFL. I think had 350 total yards. He, it was unbelievable. The stadium not filled atmosphere fear. Absolutely crap. Just a boring yeah. cup of boring. This is USC. I went to another game in San Antonio. Uh, the US, UTSA, who actually just became ranked for the first time this today on Sunday, uh, became ranked for the first time in their entire history. They played Arizona State as like one of those like warm up games for Arizona State. Um, and how UTSA is is that they play in the Alamo Bowl, so they play in like this dome, and that was actually awesome. So like they're this average team, below average, small team, just kind of becoming D one, the UTSA Roadrunners. Uh, and I, going into the fourth quarter, it was a really close game. And going into the fourth quarter, they have the Alamo flag that the soldiers had when they fought in the Alamo. And they bring it all the way down their student section. And it says, come and take it. And it's the giant like 40-pound cannon that the Alamo had that fought off the uh, Mexican army when they uh, invaded the Alamo. And it was, like, goosebump-inducing. It was freaking sweet. Like, all the lights started, like, flickering, and then the flag goes down, and it says, come and take it. And it's, like, this intense fourth-quarter game. I was like, this is cool. So it's weird that, like, these big schools kind of lose an atmosphere a bit, but, like, UTSA put on a hell of a show and lost to an Arizona State team that is kind of, like, who gives a crap? So you're talking about, like, cool traditions? I will tell you that there was one there. They have one tradition that was notable. 
in Arkansas. Okay. And if you've ever been to a game, you cannot miss it. So they do this thing called calling the hogs. Ooh. It sounds really cool. And the first time they did it, I was like, whoa, that was really unique. But they do it all the dang time. They do it like every kickoff. The announcers just ask the fans to do it. And they pretty much just, so everyone puts their hands like above their head and wiggles their fingers like they're calling a ghost, which makes no sense to me. Like, ooh, they go, like that? Or like, yeah, what? so they go, woo, <laughs> pig, suey. <laughs> And then they just put their arms down, and then they put their arms in, and their hands again. They go, <laughs> pig, suey. Wait, one more time. Hold on. Always three times. Woo, pig, suey, Razorbacks. I don't understand it at all. Was <laughs> I almost cousin? What the heck is that? They call. They do it like when the players come out, and they're like calling a pig. Like I. <laughs> I get and the woo-sooey. That's kind of and, fun. But then they do it every kickoff. Oh, my. Why don't they just do it and then the, the, the game? The, like, the announcer would just go, it's time to call those hogs. Random spots in the game. They go, woo, everyone around you. And the thing is, you can't make the woo sound. In, and it's a really high octave. Like, I'm not doing it justice. Yeah, it's like, woo. Like, but you can't do that. Most of the people there. Like you can't do that high of an octave in a very loud sound, so it sounds really quiet. Like trying to like hush the stadium to wow, sleep. Oh, Zoe, it's really that's fucking that weird. Is so funny. I was take because so first of all, like the concourse is ancient, so we went in the wrong gate. We just thought, oh, we're just going the first gate. Well, you can't really even do that. Like you can't walk all the way around unless you get in on the right level. Okay, so. So we're like walking through the stands trying to like get down to this concourse and we got there like 12 minutes before kickoff and all of a sudden I'm walking down the stands and granted like there's plenty of room for me to walk down the bleachers. Everyone around me starts going, Ooh, I'm like, what, the f- <laughs> what is going on? What? <laughs> what is happening here? What do you, uh, is there a ghost? Like, that should I be careful for too, Casper? Too. Dude, that's, that is, so you are just in a different world. That is incredible. That was incredibly unique. A lot of cowboy hats. A lot of the the music dynamic was very weird. Was it country? Uh, because it was like fifty percent country, fifty percent rap, and it That's was weird. really funny to see, like, <laughs> the, the people on like the video where they're running the cameras. Like, they go over, you know, like a guy in his fifties wearing a cowboy hat yep. during like like window to the wall by Lil John. <laughs> he's just, he just standing there like, like what? Oh my um, god! But it was it was great. Like, it was I would do it again, hundred percent. Like, I think next year my plan is to either go to Missouri or Notre Dame. Weird. I just want to see like how different people do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, we even talked about me and you going to a possible uh, random Hawkeye away game and representing the Iowa at like Michigan, at like Purdue, at like Northwestern. Like Northwestern's yeah. one of the prettiest campuses I've ever been on. Like I love Northwestern, and in kind of Chicago, but like I love Northwestern. Um, that is too freaking funny. Yeah, I, very I, weird. I hate. I guess it's a little better tradition than Tennessee's and just throwing trash at people. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I mean, I guess one hundred and thirty billion people in one stadium, you're gonna get absolute morons. But like, what are you doing? Yeah, not, a, not, great, even not a great. Not even right. Although uh, there was an Iowa fan that threw a beer at a uh, Purdue player. Which okay, was... that was cool by the player. I know. I, I was like, that was sick. I'm like, what? that was the best part of the game. I, my first brain went to, I hope he doesn't get in trouble for it. Yeah, my first thought was, I hope he's 21. Yeah, because oh, that would be even funnier. But that, yeah. I'm like, that's such an Iowa thing to do. Why have we never drank a beer? <sighs> well, what would, I mean, they probably drank some, but in like a... They're probably like uh, you know, drinking to forget, drinking, yeah, drinking yeah. to forget, not to, rem- or drinking to uh, forget, not to remember. You know. So let's do. Okay, should let's we go do around? the people their due justice. We'll we're talk. twenty minutes in. We're finally we're gonna address we'll it. Talk. I'm. I can't. My heart and my oh, soul man. can't handle forty minutes of breaking How down did, this game. No, we're not. It, okay, so there's gonna be a couple things. We actually have a uh, a Twitter question. It actually was a Bleach Report question. They, okay. They're the best. One of the most active. But it will lead into kind of my monologue, okay? Okay. So I'm going to kind of go into 
serious mode now, okay? I am going to lay out something that disappoints me more than losing a football game. And it's something that is a true flaw that I have as an Iowa Hawkeye fan and as a Kirk Ferenz fan. So, oh, yeah, please. Really quick pause before yep. you get into this. Yep. James Ferentz, who we talked about like in a joking manner, yeah. started for the Patriots at center today. I don't know why. Dude, he's been, he's a, like a two-time Super Bowl bowl champion. Dude. He's been there forever, but he's always been a practice squad no, guy. No, he so won just, a Super Bowl with the freaking uh, Broncos against the Panthers. Yep. Just a small note. Just a small note. For some reason, he started at center, or at least played at center. Today. Dude, that was dude's cool. in the NFL for like nine, yeah. ten years. Yeah. All right. So okay. give me your what breaks your soul. What This is what disappoints me more than anything. And it's not that we lost a game. Guys, I think we all looked at each other and said this was possible. Uh, Purdue showed us that if you don't turn over the ball and you don't have false starts and you have apparently the ultimate nightmare that is David Bell, uh, you'll just slowly just beat Iowa because Iowa can't get out of its own way. But what most disappoints me about Iowa and just an Iowa program as a whole and really Kirk Brands how he plays is that I know and you know nothing will change. There will be absolutely zero change coming off this loss. And I'm not saying even personnel. The way they play. It will not look any cleaner. They will have a whole bye week. They will have two 14 days total, two weeks, to basically look the exact same going into Wisconsin. Buckle up. It's going to be the exact same thing going into Wisconsin. So, what I don't understand... Let me put it this way. If you had an employee, and this employee was a good guy or gal, five years, four years with them, shows up on time, everyone in the office loves them, uh, you say, you know, if I had 11 of these, we'd be just absolutely great, but they do not produce. What would you do after five years? You would let them go. So I got into a lot of... Twitter spats today uh, with actually not the average fan. The average fan, every day I went on uh, on Twitter, I had a like, a tweet, a, a, a retweet, a follow multiple times. But I actually got into it with the reporters and with the big uh, Hawkeyes. So, Petrus is, this is now we are exceeding opinion. The worst statistical quarterback in all Power Five and arguably in the entire college football uh, uh, landscape. This is not an opinion. This is a fact. Yards, passing rating, touchdowns, conversion, yards per play, yards per pass. Absolutely a total zero. So there are only two options. So Kirk likes to keep them. Kirk will not bench Spencer Petras. Your outcries, my outcries, will be a total of zero. It will not happen. And we've seen this before with Jake Rudock. And his grandfather, C.J. Beathard, was the only reason we ever got Beathard, guys. If you recall, in the, the Tennessee Bowl game, I don't even, how back? I don't even remember what it was. I could care less. They had a quarterback battle. So this is how inept... Uh, we handle quarterbacks at the University of Iowa. We had a quarterback battle with Jake Rudock and Beathard. We looked embarrassing. Josh Dobbs, who is still in the NFL today, ends up absolutely destroying us. And C.J. Beathard's grandfather, who is a Hall of Fame general manager, had to be like, hey, you're playing Beathard or I'm gone. Or he's gone. So they ended up playing Beathard. We, had, we went 12-0. Okay? So all fans, everyone's opinion was correct. The only person who wasn't was Ken O'Keefe and Kirk Ferentz. So we now have... A quarterback that is without question, undisputed, the worst quarterback in the Power 5 Conference. Worse than Rutgers, worse than the Vanderbilt quarterback, literally the number one worst. And I heard a lot of days, a lot of big uh, uh, news people, uh, reporters said, if you blame Petrus today, uh, you're wrong, it was the O-line. I completely agree. I completely agree that the O-line is maybe 60% of the problem to this year. But we have two years, guys, of this. Two years of watching Spencer Peters be the worst statistical quarterback 
in the country. So there's either one or two options. Either Kirk Ferenz and Ken O'Keefe have so much pride and ego when it comes to starting quarterbacks that they cannot admit they're wrong, and possibly Brian. But I'm gonna I'm starting to zero in on Ken O'Keefe because Ken O'Keefe has had 30 years at Iowa. He only took a small sabbatical at the Miami Dolphins wide receivers coach for like six, seven years, okay? So we got 25 years of him being the offensive coordinator, 15 or whatever. I could care less of the total amount. Of the worst years of Iowa, when we were losing to Western Michigan, when we were going 7-5, and five, when we didn't win a bowl game for 10 years. Nearly 10 years. We didn't win a bowl game. We would go and just lose. People forget this. Up until like 2015. Then he came back as the, the quarterback's coach. And under him, Jake Rudock, Stanley, uh, uh, Petrus, and uh, Bethard, okay? So, either they have too much ego, too much pride to admit that they are wrong, or Hogan, who is a three, four-star kid, Labass, who is a three, four-star kid, according to websites, or Alex Padilla, who I think it might be just a strong three-star, but maybe you could find a four-star. I didn't dig too much into Alex Padilla. Is worse than the worst power five quarterback in the country the past two years statistically. So either those three are worse than the worst quarterback. And if that is so, Iowa is either incompetent at developing and coaching a quarterback, including Ken O'Keefe, Brian Friends, and Kirk, all three. Or they have literally no idea how to scout, recruit, uh, watch film on, watch throws, they have no idea. So either you are in, it, there's three options. You're incompetent. They are all four truly that three, the three backups behind them are truly that bad. Or they have no idea what they're even looking at. Remember, we have 25 years of this, guys. This isn't like last year, one year. We are lucky to have a seventh round pick, undrafted free agent, and he gets cut in the first week. Beathard is the only one who stuck around for a minute and a half. Petrus has a good arm. It is a strong fact. Spencer Petrus has a strong, powerful arm. I bet when he is in his Under Armour shirt, working with wide receivers who are maybe, you know, someone in the NFL, like a lot of these players do in the offseason, in the summer, they grab receivers that are NFL hopefuls, maybe combine, college kids, high school kids. And I bet Spencer, when he's in his Under Armour shirt, Under Armour shorts, he hikes the ball, has a great three-step drop, boom, delivers an absolute bullet. Spencer Petrus has no mobility. And I'm not talking, oh, he can't run for 10 yards. He has no zero, total, nothing, zilch of a pocket mobility. Did you know Peyton Manning and Tom Brady have been one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the history of their generation? Because they all you have to do to not get sacked in a pocket, now it's a hard skill to develop. You know, I'm talking about the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. But pocket mobility is you as the quarterback create a new pocket when the pocket is collapsing and it is literally one step one step left one step right one step back one step forward so he has a total of zero he also the game is too fast for him he cannot jordan has brought this up many times he cannot read a field fast enough he is taught you will look here you will look there one side and you will throw or just take a freaking sack. They have to do these bullcrap rollouts to give him any sense of mobility and timing and space. Now, like we said, he has a good arm. You've seen him deliver a pass. It's one of like the funny, uh, frustrating things about Spencer Petras is that he'll deliver a beautiful 45-yard pass. Boom, Reganey. Boom, Keegan Johnson, nice slow slant. But when he feels pressure, when he has to read a field, he is inept. Now I go into this. I am nearly done. So, benching a quarterback, that's a tough thing to do. That's a tough, that's a powerful thing to say. Hey, leader of a football team, especially in college football, 20-year-old kid, you're not, you are going to be benched. Okay, fair enough. Good teams don't do this. Winning teams don't do this, right? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's a common saying, okay? I will digress into this. 
This is not an unheard of thing on quote unquote winning programs. And I will give you examples. Spencer Rattler was the first overall draft pick going into this year. No questions. Next, Trevor Lawrence, right? Absolute possible Heisman, most likely Heisman if you're a betting man at the beginning of the year. Spencer Rattler, five-star kid, good-looking kid, throws probably a hell of a ball, good mobility, was the guy. He was 15-2 and two as a starter. 70% passing completion. Great, 39 touchdowns, like 15 picks. Not a lot of picks for college football, but hey, 39 touchdowns. Won a lot of football games. He goes into this year. Texas shootout, right? The Red River. He is down 21. Lincoln Riley, one of the best, youngest coaches, just straight up, we don't even need to say young anymore, just the best, one of the best college coaches and football coaches in all of football, looks at this man, who is the number one basically high school recruit, said, sit your butt down, we're putting Caleb Williams in. You are not doing enough. Caleb Williams would then go lead an incredible comeback and look great against TCU. Now you're gonna tell me, hey, that's a five-star kid. You know, hey, he's a five-star kid right behind him, right? Fair. That's a fair. That's a fair instant reaction. Spencer Petrus is a four-star, three-star kid. Uh, two four seven gives him a four-star, right? Or uh, two four seven gives him a three-star. Rivals in ESPN give him a four-star. Deuce Hogan, I believe, is a two-time state champion, a runner, a four-star kid. Had the offers just like. Peters had Georgia looking at him. Labass, a thousand yards rushing. Good, solid kid. Quarterback. He calls himself, I'm a straight up dual threat quarterback, and I'm not coming to Iowa to be a backup. Four star. Alex Padilla, I believe, is a four star. Apparently, he's the, the best looking in a practice. It is unacceptable. We have the equivalency, is what I'm saying. So they have five star, five star, fair. We have four star, four star. Or four-star, three-star, whatever you want to... Stupid little game you want to play with me. I also will now go to Alabama. Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches ever. Kirk coached with Nick Saban. And his sons coached with, with Nick Saban. And uh, uh, has, obviously, we all know the coaching tree of Nick Saban. At the Cleveland Browns. He took Jalen Hurts. Future Heisman Trophy winner. At Oklahoma, by the way. Future Heisman Trophy winner. A national champion quarterback. A national champion quarterback. Champion. Ring on his finger. I won the title. Sit your butt on the bench, kid. Tua's in town. Go transfer. Now, again, I like Jalen more than Tua. And I like him even more in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback for the Eagles. Looks a little better than Tua. Tua looks a little uh, overrated. Again, he probably has a great arm. Uh, Jalen maybe didn't have a great arm. More look like Derrick Henry, uh, uh, who can maybe throw a little pass. Ended up being great. He developed into a wonderful quarterback. I have a big fan of Jalen Hurts. But again, you're going to tell me. Five-star, five-star. I've given you that argument. It is unacceptable to accept failure, in my opinion. You can lose a football game. You can lose to Purdue. I have no quarrels. Uh, David Bell had 500 total yards in three games against Iowa. Six touchdowns. He literally had a season against Iowa. A, a good a college season against Iowa. They were the better football team. Fair. Congratulations, Purdue Bowlermakers. You won a football game. I have no quarrels. You looked better. You were better. You're just a better football team that day. But when I have two years, two of the worst, unopinionated. Now, remember, I can do the eye test and say he's the worst. But an unopinionated worst quarterback in the Power Five and arguably in the WAC, in the MAC, in the Sun Belt, in the American Conference, I can make that argument. And freaking John Miller of Hawkeye Podcast, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to call him out a bit here. Not Nothing personal. This is just a business, right? I'm going to, he goes to a comment who's just an honest comment saying, hey, I don't like uh, Petrus, and goes, well, how many passes have you seen Padilla throw in practice? What? This is how you want to handle this? This defense of the second of the worst power five quarterback in the country, the worst offense. If we had the 40th offense in the country, you would be a national champ. We'd be watching the national champions right now. Because guess what, guys? Purdue won. They put up 24 points. Streak is still alive. I believe the average score of a college football game is 28 to 34 points. If we were an average, just average, 
I'm literally the, the, the college football average. We would have won a football game, 28-24. But you saw seven total plays going into the fourth quarter. You saw ineptitude. Now, get it. I'm more blaming the old line sometimes. We can't even run the football. I'm, I feel like sometimes I, I Brian Ferenc's defender because he can't even run. He can't call a play that is a run. Like, he, he can't do it. But how they're using Petrus, how they accept the mediocrity, because he's a good guy. I bet Spencer Petrus is a great guy. I bet he is everything you want in a, in a football player. I bet his teammates love him. I bet he's a yes sir, no sir. I bet he really cares. He really wants to win, guys. I have no doubt. This kid watches 12 hours of film a week. I truly don't, I truly don't doubt that. But this is a business, and this is entertainment. This is a results-oriented business, and this is also inter- an entertainment. I am either neither entertained... And we are not succeeding as a competitive team. It is unacceptable. It is uh, egotistical. And maybe he's just trying to benefit of the doubt. I have seen this dance for 20 years, Kirk. I've seen you have a quarterback battle against Tennessee because finally you felt enough pressure. Your little 7-5 and five football team had to have a quarterback battle against Tennessee, and it was an embarrassment. And then you finally started the clearly more talented C.J. Beathard, who everyone on Facebook, Twitter, me, my mother, Jordan, all said was clearly a more talented quarterback. And you would go 12-0. It is unacceptable. It is okay to bench Spencer Peters and make him re-earn the job. It is, trust me, it is okay. You have Deuce Hogan, a multitude state champion, Super swaggy athlete. You have Labass, a dual threat, super strong, super 6'2", 220. And you have Alex Padilla, who apparently has been very impressive in practice. I am begging you, Kirk, which you will not care. You will show up at Wisconsin and be inept, and we will go 3 and out the first drive. And it will be 7-3. to three. I warned you guys it will be 7-3 to three against Purdue. I warned you it will look the exact same. You just saw when the defense couldn't be the greatest defense in the history of football, what Spencer Peters could do. One of the greatest defenses that couldn't just get a turnover and still held them to below average points per game. You saw seven plays, negative 10 yards, and when I am watching on the 11-yard line, and I look and I think we're not going to score a touchdown. And he threw an interception while I was starting to tweet that. I tweeted, it scares me. It's funny that Spencer Petrus, it has the ball on the 11-yard line, and I don't think he's going to score. Before I could finish the word score, he threw an interception. It was a winnable football game, basically that entire time. I am so sorry for Phil Parker. I am so sorry for that defense, for Ken O'Keefe, ineptitude, pride, and arrogance when it comes to Spencer Petrus. Either you think, if we just stick with him, it will work. Or you're too inept that you cannot recruit, you cannot develop, you cannot handle the quarterback position. And if I, as a leader, see this as a consistent problem with Ken O'Keefe, take your cronyism and fire the guy you've been around with for 40 years. Ken O'Keefe, it's time for him to go. Brian is still too young to fire, and we've seen amazing things from Brian. A lot of annoyance, I will give you. Most You've seen the USC Holiday Bowl game with Nate Stanley and uh, Smith-Marset. You have seen some of the best years under Brian Ferenc. Like him or not, it's been the most fun and successful years the past five years since Brian Ferenc has basically been the offensive coordinator when he took over for Greg Davis. Do you have a quarterback ineptitude problem? And I've seen it for 30 years. The best quarterback you had was Chuck Long in 1985. It is time, and it is okay, Kirk, to realize why this is happening. And that is all I have. The question that uh, Bronx Bomber 5629 asked is, why Spencer Petras starting over Padilla or even our four-star high school state champion quarterback, Deuce Hogan? Well, Bronx, Bronx Bomber 5629, I hope I answered your question. And to, I answered, hey, don't worry. I'm going to give a dang speech about the absurdity of not even trying and attempting to win 
and see what's beyond a the worst quarterback in the in the Power Five conference, and three of you like that. I'm with you. I've never been a fan of Spencer Petras, and I'm okay to give other quarterbacks a try because either they are the three worst quarterbacks worse than the worst quarterback in the country and the worst offense in the country, or Ken O'Keefe cannot develop a single quarterback or recruit a single quarterback. And that is all I have to say about that, Jordan. I wish I could disagree. I wish I could disagree with you. I really wish I could, but I'm really comfortable with what you're saying. And I'm just going to add one little tidbit and Purdue got a little bit of flack, right? And the announcers were like, why are they playing all three quarterbacks? I thought it was genius. If they don't know what they have, or they don't, or each quarterback isn't complete. Like you have um, a plumber who can't, you know, spread the field vertically or isn't very mobile. Um, O'Donnell. Yeah. Or I guess, yeah. O'Donnell or O'Connell. O'Connell. You know, give, give you, a, you know, some more down the field uh, and plumber is going to give you more mobility. I mean, use more than one. It, it would be totally fine with me if they want to, if, if Petrus is, they, they, you know, they believe that he's the best option they have. Like you have to, he's obviously not good enough no. and it's okay to know that he's not good enough. Like, be creative. Like you have athletes behind him at the position. Let's try to use them. The offense can't stay like this. It if will they, though, if, Jordan. That's the problem. You say it can't, and that is what's my biggest disappointment. Is that? Yeah. If, no, I know it will. You're right. It I know will say the exact same, and that's what's so frustrating. Freaking O'Connell was thirty for 40, 375 yards and two touchdowns, one sack. Okay, that's a defensive failure. I'm with you. I'm not just saying this. The game was on Spencer Petras. But this was but a four pro- picks, but four picks in the red zone. Like uh, no, the defense was on the field the entire game. Like, yeah, at, at some point you have to just be like, okay, it's, it's after two years. They finally only, they finally allowed 24 points after two years. God, how pathetic of a defense that is, huh? Yeah. I just, and there were, there was another throw that he threw in the red zone that was jumped by a corner that just dropped it. That could have housed it. Like it could have easily been a five pick day. Oh man. And it's, he obviously was seeing is, ghosts. He was seeing ghosts. If we're talking game specific, he was yeah. he was mentally fried by the end of that game. That's where all the th- picks came. Yep. And he's not he's not doing the rest of the offense. It, it, the thing is, it's not just about oh Spencer can't run the passing game. Like oh our passing game sucks. It's okay if you know like a manager has a poor passing game, but it's so far to the point where it's destroying the run game, destroying it. It's making it's making blocking very difficult because they know it's I mean, there's a difference between getting pressured for someone like Petrus, who literally has no pocket presence, or even someone like Roethlisberger, you know, who was never fast, but it could, was able to slide and move. The defensive ends don't have to work that hard. All you got to do is get half a step and you collapsed on him and he's going to either do, throw something stupid or take the sack because that's all he can do. I can't name you, Jordan. An NFL quarterback that doesn't have mobility. I watched today, again, diehard Panther fan, Sam Darnold versus the Vikings. He didn't have a fantastic day. Uh, but towards the end, he was unbelievable because he moved the pocket. Russell Wilson was one of the best at moving the pocket. Tom Brady will read the field so fast, he will either throw it away or but deliver But his slides were always, have been solid too. Like, it's not just about, can you run for five yards? No. It's, can you make one step forward? Can you slide left, right? I like Winston's one of the best at that. Jameis is one of the best at uh, it's just, creating it, a it's pocket. It's infuriating to watch him. And he's hurting, you know, he hurts the defense too because he leaves him on the field all game long. Yes. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Like, I maybe, you know, we don't obviously know that much about the quarterback room but it seems like we've went through in preseason there was talk about quarterback competition Padilla was clearly in second play like clearly yeah. a possible possibility but the, yeah there was there was talk about competition we've went from that where there's competition to we we're not even questioning him we're not even questioning Petrus because he's winning games but he is not winning games no. I, I cannot say 
He's won. Uh, he's that won he has a won game. a game. Won a game maybe for them. the Penn State game. I could maybe give him, but he but he's seventeen the, to three. Honestly, somewhat the defense holding them to not being crazy, and their quarterback getting hurt. Yeah, those were what won that game. That's it's okay. It is like okay you still won that. the game. Yes, you still won the game. That's all that matters in the end. I like to say this, but and, here's the here's okay, the biggest go. difference between t- but between yesterday on Saturday and the last twelve games. This is the first game where he lost them a game. Not single-handedly, but it was the, O-line the primary him. factor. O-line than him. So, like, if he can't win you a game, then you're putting so much pressure. And Kirk said this before the game. He said, our margin of error is really slim. We don't deserve to be number two. He's 100% right. If your defense isn't 100% on, you lose your top corner, right? And, then you're, and Hankins look exposed. He, God, he had a bad game against yeah. today. And then you oh can't. Well, because they probably would have swapped. Like, I mean, he's probably exhausted. He got How smoked. long was he on the field just getting burned, burned, burned? Like, that gets to you. And, and, and you're already three. So, the. I know, I know. I know. The, I just heard that sigh at the end. You're just like, I just don't even know what to say. Is what you went like this? I, I just get, like I just get really frustrated because he is affecting. He affects every aspect of the game. Quarterback's like, oh, most great. important part. It's everything. Yeah. Like, oh great, we got good. We've got good field position because we got a turnover. Or against Penn State, that meant absolutely nothing. Or oh great, we've you know they had to punt from their own twenty-five because. We pinned him at their 10, and they only picked up one first down. If we didn't have the best – if we had an average defense and an average special teams, I literally think we might be 2-6. and six. Like, Taylor is the reason – Taylor and the defense are the reason. He he starts at the ball at, like, the 40, and he's still the 100, 122nd worst offense in the country. Yeah. I mean, we're beating a dead horse. I, I think know, any I Iowa know. fan that watches this, like, or watches Iowa football understands that Petrus is frustrating, but we were able to close – our eyes to it because we're winning games. It's when you get a loss to a team that, I mean, Purdue's ranked 25th now. Yeah. Right. First time I, I, since 2007. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, Iowa dropped to number 11. I think that's deserved. Appropriate. Oh, yeah. I think it's the one. I mean, that was an atrocious performance. Uh, My I hope, say, I say something that is a little controversial and I, this is not Homerism. If you had a, a, a fate, a, a helmet, Let's say I had like a like a you know how you see team A team B right, team A had a number five win or a top five win, a top ten win against an in-state rival, the second hardest schedule in all of college football, a top twenty win in Indiana, and an undefeated Friday night game. They deserve to be number two despite the offense because it is not an accumulation of stats. The number one in 2008, the number one offense and the number one defense in the NFL, first time in the NFL history, was the San Diego Chargers. They did not make the playoffs. If stats what cause a ranking, that is wrong. It should be an unbiased eye test. They won and deserve to be number two in the nation. Guess And they also deserve to lose this game and be number 11 because the defense didn't show up why they are the number two team in the nation. Because if I truly believe if we were the number, if we had the 32nd offense in the country, we smoke Purdue and we probably compete strongly against Georgia. Yeah. And but, it's just, it's okay. If your offense is at least average, like average fifth top 50, then, then it's okay for the defense to have a bad day. Like they did. Yeah. There was no room for error. We saw it. Iowa was exposed. Here's the thing. In the end of the day, sun's coming up tomorrow. It's better to be like this than it is. You know, I, I'd rather have than, than least, Illinois. I would, I'd rather at least have the dream. I mean, instead of like Iowa State where you lose right away and it's like, okay, you know, we're we're probably going to. My dream was always a Rose I want to see a Rose Bowl victory. I'd love to see That's a Rose Bowl. That's all I ever want to see. If they get to a Rose Bowl, if they get to the Big Ten Championship this season is a I think tremendous they will. I think success. they will. I think they will. I really and do. We, you know, we're going to be back on the the happy juices, hopefully sooner rather than yeah. later. Oh, yeah. They're going to be t- – I hope they come up into Wisconsin fired up. Um, I really do. Normally, Iowa teams do this. If you, I think if I took 15 minutes and looked at every time Iowa lost, what happened after, I bet we would be – there would be a shocking like 25-1. and one. Iowa does this. Uh, Linderbaum said it himself. It's not a time to panic. 
Um, yep. This, if you wanted me to be a hundred percent honest, I've texted you this, Sir Jordan. This loss, if you want to be completely cold to the feeling of disappointment, means nothing. Absolutely nothing. A one-loss Big Ten in the grand picture, a one-loss Big Ten team that t- goes in against another one-loss Ohio State team and wins thirty-four to ten you will probably make an argument to be the number four team or you're the first one out and you're going into the Rose Bowl. If you want to be completely honest, this loss means nothing. And you said this with Penn State, by the way. You said that exact same thing. The reality is, like, going so going into this game, when this game started, they were the oddsmakers were only giving Iowa a 25% chance to make the playoff. Yep. So there wasn't a whole lot of nationwide belief, and that's fine because the offense was so bad. I will be happy with making it to the Big Ten Championship and at least giving either Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan or Michigan State. And we'll State show up because that's what I would run for their money. They show up against those teams. I hope that that's what we do. I hope that, you know, one one major thing we've seen, or one major example from Kirk Ferentz of a, you know, kind of change that was made, although it was really slow, was his approach to bowl games. We saw him kind of redo that. Maybe he's more flexible than we think. The offense has two weeks to bring in something to help this situation. Because it just can't... be just be the 80th instead of 122nd. Yep. You'd be shocked how yep. better it'd be. So, I mean, kind of you know, as we wrap up this podcast, sun comes out tomorrow. We're gonna break down in two weeks. We'll break down Wisconsin. We're gonna you know get back on the grind. Six and one's pretty good. Six and one's pretty freaking good. And guess we're what? Gonna t- we're going to take it. It's a bye week, right? Oh, we're still bringing the funk and bringing the flavor. This next couple pods, there will be a award show, midseason award show for me and Jordan. We will give out best player, worst player, most disappointing, most unexpected. And we'll have a nice little award show. Uh, don't forget to follow uh, the Twitter, the YouTube, the uh, Instagram, which is basically just me. Uh, on Bleacher Report comments, I'm very active, and you guys have been probably the most. It's starting to pick up. You can tell the social media is starting to pick up. I'm getting interactions and conversations and debates, fun and and real. Uh, I'm you know I'm I got liked by uh, Iowa Hawkeye uh, field hockey today, Jordan. The women, time, baby, undefeated number one team in the country, Big Ten champs. <laughs> That's how you do it. And you know what? They liked my little tweet. It's starting to happen, boys. And that's all because of you. We're starting to get amazing views. We have almost 11,000 views on the YouTube, whether it's the meme of the shorts, whether that's the the long-term podcast. And we're obviously, we're new to this. We're going to get better. We're going to stream. We're going to do probably big videos eventually one day. And that's all thanks to you. Follow all the social media. Hawkeye off tackle. We will win again. And we will. We Hey, I need to beat Wisconsin. I need to beat I that would that would, I just would love to watch Iowa beat Wisconsin for once in my freaking lifetime. And hey, we all get to go to bed knowing David Bell doesn't hurt us anymore. Because if that effing dude Thank doesn't goodness. go to the NFL, <laughs> please leave go. me alone. Go away, David. Unbelievable talent. Be man. If you're an NFL team and you need a wide receiver, please take a look at David Bell. He's unbelievable. You got anything, Jordan? Nope. All right, y'all. Follow all social media. I hope uh, Bronx Bomber, you got the question you wanted to answer. If you guys have any questions, hit us up in any social media. We love to answer them. Later, y'all.